Hello everybody, good morning. This is your host, Jordan Tremaine, and welcome to the Perspectal Podcast, where we explore new thoughts, connect ideas, and offer perspectives that may change the way you think about a thing or two. And today, we're going to talk about the beautiful game. Alright everybody, what's up? Jordan Tremaine here, the hostess with the mostest perspectals, because I think I'm the only one that makes perspectals. But, um and then calls them perspectives. I know other people have different perspectives, but um, how you doing? I hope uh, hope you're alive when you're listening to this and it's not being like played to your corpse, but it's being played to your alive, awake, listening, attentive, ready to dive in uh, mortal form. But uh, I want to say something. And it is that if you go to jordantremaine.com, which is kind of the place where I keep all of the different things that I do in one hub. So it has links to my Instagram, Facebook, all the Spotify podcast, has information about all the different projects I do, has some pictures in case you like pictures and stuff like that, because I love pictures. Um, if you go down to any particular page of um, jordantremaine.com, you scroll down all the way to the bottom. I put a new button at the bottom. And that button is the support button. Um, I went on this whole fling last week about supporting. And so if you think that this podcast is dope and you like sharing it and having conversations and stuff um, or whatever. but Or if you want to support me for whatever, any of the projects I'm doing. Um, you can go to jordantremaine.com, scroll to the bottom, press that support button. It leads you to... A page that allows you to support me. So if that's something that's up your alley, then go down that alley. Um, But I'm just letting you guys know that there is now an easy, streamlined way to show your support for the different things that Jordan Tremaine does, be it the events like the Art for Artists, the Philosophy and Critical Thinking workshops, or the, the Full Circle discussions, if it's the podcast, if it's the book reviews I do, um, or the little projects here and there, like the connect project and stuff. If you think that kind of stuff is important and you would like to see more of it, I, I only do what I have the resources to do. And if I have more support, then I will do more community stuff, but I can't do more than I have the resources for. So I'm putting out this support button so you guys can support if you want to. Anyways, on to today's episode, which I'm really excited about because I wanted to talk about it last week, but I'm like, was like, no, I'm not going to do that because this is a separate idea. And I only made this podcast to talk about one idea at a time so I could build them as bricks, but I really wanted to talk about it last week. And so I'm excited to talk about it today. And this is chapter three, um, in case you are coming up to speed and trying to read the whole book. This um, episode is based on two previous episodes, the first one being Double Standards, which is chapter one, and then the second one, which was last week, was Lower Your Expectations. So this one is going to be super crispy, and I think it's crispier and not burnt more if you go read chapter one and two by which i mean go listen to double standards and lower your expectations 
But if not, I'm going to weave in those ideas into today and it's going to be hopefully something that makes a little bit of sense. But um, yeah, to get off of the explanation and how to do your homework thing, we're going to start. And before we get into the beautiful game, I'm going to bring out that this is a metaphor that I got from the discipline of capoeira. And I may have talked about capoeira in the past, in this podcast, but uh, I'm going to explain it a little bit right now because it's relevant to today's episode. So uh, capoeira is an Afro-Brazilian martial art, and it's like this really deep, rich heritage, lineage, culture, history thing, because... um, In the history of the world, there was this thing called slavery, which um, had its, like, biggest blow-up, and it was, like, the most popular during this thing called the Atlantic Trade, where all these European dudes were, like, taking African guys and ladies from Africa over to the Americas and then, you know, forcing them into labor camps and making them work a bunch. Um, And we call this slavery, or at least in... The United States, when we say slavery, normally we're referring to this. And so you have all these different African tribes um, and cultures and languages, heritages, histories that basically they're being picked off and shoved onto these boats and then forced to work in these plantations in the New World. And so you get this melting pot of all these different African cultures that were once separate tribes that may have been at war with each other, may have been in totally separate places with different ecosystems, may have had different foods and all this kind of stuff. But now they're all just slaves on the same plantation and they're forced to live together and survive. And one of the interesting things that comes out of this is a lot of their cultures start blending or sharing and they start learning how to deal with each other. And Capoeira is one of the products of this process of all these different diverse peoples being collected and forced into basically living together like a family. Um, And Capoeira is this form of resistance where uh, the people who were slaves learn to fight back, learn to coordinate with each other, learn to have discipline and form armies and this whole resistance thing where um, if you know anything about capoeira, a lot of people say it looks like a dance. It looks like break dancing. And one of the ideas behind capoeira is that if you're a slave, you're really not allowed to learn how to fight because I don't want my slaves knowing how to fight because then they can hurt me. Um, But slaves got a day off, which was normally on Sunday. And so they they knew they wanted to escape. They knew they needed to defend themselves, but they knew they weren't allowed to learn how to fight. So one of the things they did was disguise their activities that were rebellious. So instead of saying, here's how you escape, they would sing songs. And some of the songs would tell you how to escape or give you clues on how to survive in the wild out when you got outside of slavery. Um, but on Sundays, they would have these dance circles and... It looked like they were dancing and having fun, but they were really practicing heavily heavily choreographed, there you go, um, fight sequences, which um, 
is this idea is kind of where capoeira came from these these different cultures coming together and trying to create different strategies to escape captivity um capoeira kind of comes on the scene from these cultures coming together and so today capoeira is not something that slaves use to escape plantation owners but um there's still a circle there's still music and there's still two people inside that are dancing or fighting in a way that looks like a dance um the way i was taught capoeira which i am in no way shape or form an expert on capoeira i have just uh studied it and like gone to an academy and like practiced it for a number of years um the way that i was taught capoeira was the two people, the players, inside of the game of capoeira, inside of that circle. That circle is called a jada. Jada means wheel in Portuguese, um, because a lot of this stuff happened in Brazil. Um, inside of the jada, the two players, um, their fight is a lot like a conversation or a dance, where the idea is not to beat up the other opponent. The idea is to dance well with the opponent, to play a good game. And as an example, like an attack would be kind of like in a conversation saying something. And to listen might be a dodge. Um, a counterattack may be like, oh, hey, well, did you think about this? And give you a counterpoint. If two people attack at the same time, it's kind of like two people trying to talk over each other. Um, or if two people are being too defensive, it's like nobody's saying anything at all. And the point is not to beat someone up or to be right in the conversation. The point is to have a good conversation where you let them say some interesting stuff. You listen. I say some interesting stuff. They listen. And we exchange ideas. We exchange kicks and dodges and acrobatics to the, the rhythm of the music. And to go further beyond a good game, there's this thing called the beautiful game. And the beautiful game is not only this harmony between the two players having the conversation in the middle of the jada, but the harmony, because not everybody in the circle is playing music. Some people are clapping, some people are singing, some people are playing instruments. Um, some pe and then the two people in the middle are playing capoeira. But to harmonize all of that so that the rhythm of the music, the energy of the people, the sound of their voices is being taken into account with the way that the players in the game are moving. And it's not about being better than someone, or if the music is not fast enough, it's not about me being fast. It's about me being in rhythm, in step, in time, in harmony. And the more things you can get in harmony, the more it kind of builds and cooks, and you can just kind of feel this energy building as the claps get more in rhythm, as the people get more in the same vibe, as the music gets more in tune with how the players are actually moving. And none of this has to do with the skill of anybody there. Yes, people with a lot of skill can bring interesting flavors to the, the melting pot that is the hada. You can add different spices and stuff into the soup. But the idea is... You should be able to have a beautiful game with a master or with a child. And the idea is not you need to be really skilled to do this. It's you need to recognize what's going on around you and harmonize with it. And how can you play with what you have in a way that contributes to what's actually around you?
there's times where we set up hadas like at art walks or just out on the street and stuff. We have just like outdoor street hadas and we're playing music and we're doing all the acrobatics and stuff, um, throwing kicks and all these things. And I'm playing with someone who I know, who I've trained with that is an adult and I've hit before i've knocked down and we're comfortable playing with each other and so we're playing a little aggressive and we're having fun and stuff and in the middle of that a child from just somewhere else that's not a part of our community just wanders into the the circle of music because it's like hey this looks cool what's going on in here and we're playing kind of intensely with each other but as soon as that child walks in immediately the vibe changes because we can't play at that level with a child and it's not about, hey, get out of here, we're playing a good game. It's about how can we harmonize with the situation. And almost every time when a child gets in to the circle, like we stop and then um, like I'll throw a really, really, really slow kick. And then the other person that I was playing will be like, kid, duck, duck. And I'm like, hey, look, and the, the my opponent will duck and like show the kid. And then the kid will duck and I'll kick like way over the kid's head. But the kid dodged the kick. And everybody in the um, the circle like is like, yeah, 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 kid. And then they're like, now you do it. And then the, the kid, we're like, hey, you throw a kick. And then the kid throws a kick. And I'll like dodge like really, really extreme to like really make the point. And if that's all the kid can do, then that's the game we're going to play. Because it's a good game for everybody. I get to, to see the joy in the kid's eyes. I get to experience something with them. And... It's not something that's dangerous because I'm not playing at the same level that I was playing with the other person. The point is to kind of see the person where they're at and have a good conversation. If this person doesn't know anything about quantum physics, maybe don't talk about quantum physics with them. Um, and not to say that you should dumb yourself down or be censored all the time, but not everybody wants to talk about quantum physics. There's plenty of smart people who don't know anything about quantum physics, and maybe you can just talk about something else that you're both interested in. Can we find common ground, meet on that ground, and have a good conversation, or hopefully a beautiful conversation, or a beautiful game, or whatever you're doing? So this is kind of where I'm getting this concept of the beautiful game, and I am bringing this up because I want to relate it to this progression that I started with the double standards and with um, lowering your expectations where I'm trying to show that when you have high expectations of other people and low expectations for yourself, like when you're the parent that's yelling at your kids to clean their room, when your room is a mess, I have a high expectation. I expect your room on the outside to be clean, but I don't expect my room on the inside to be clean. I think that causes a bunch of frustration and it can degrade relationships because now the kid's mad like, you don't ever clean your room. Why are you asking me to clean my room? And then you get into that, well, I'm the parent. And it turns into this whole chaos thing where um, in the double standards podcast, I contrasted that type of a double standard with what I was suggesting as a more sustainable form of a double standard where if you think something is good, then you do it at a high level of expectation, but you don't expect other people to do it because you don't have control over the pe other people. If you think a clean room is good, then clean your room, but don't expect other people to clean their room. If you think that picking up trash is good, then you pick up trash, but don't expect other people to pick up trash. It'd be nice if they did that, but to be frustrated that other people litter or that other people don't pick up trash is saying that 
you're mad that they don't follow your moral system or your ethics or they don't do what you want them to do. I went in this whole, on the um, Lower Your Expectations podcast, I went in this whole thing about chewing with your mouth open because that really bothers me. I don't even know why that bothers me. I think it's some cultural thing where when I was little, that was important and now it's something that I think is the right thing to do or whatever. But um, it used to really bother me that people chew with their mouth open. Um, It bothers me less now But it's like me putting this expectation on other people that they're just going to do this to make me comfortable, which I guess they could do, but they don't have to do that at all. Um, And so the Double Standards podcast was talking about switching from the regular Double Standard where I have, I want you to do all this stuff, but I don't really have to do that. I want you to stay faithful, but if I cheat, okay, whatever, I have my my needs. And flipping that to... I'm going to have high expectations of myself, and I'm not even really going to worry about you. Um, If you want to do what I would like you to do, that's cool, but I'm not trying to chastise you or punish you for not living up to my expectations. And then further along that route, inside of the Lower Your Expectations podcast, I was talking about as you lower your expectations for other people, that's not a bad thing. I, I think that's personally a really, really good thing because when you think in terms of expectations, when you're like, um, well, if I was going to get a girlfriend, um, she got to be like between four and a half feet and five feet tall. She got to have this waist size. She got to have like black brown hair or whatever. Like those are expectations. Like when you have those kind of expectations, it puts your mind in a certain setting where you're looking for those things and you get frustrated or there's tension when you don't get what you desire because you're creating these desires. You're painting this picture before you've even seen the subject that you're supposed to paint. And in terms of people, I think a lot of times we have these expectations when they could be like a waist size. They could be has this much money in the bank. It could be choose with their mouth open. Um, It could be goes to church is a Christian is whatever, whatever. Um, We set up these expectations for people and we start viewing people through the lens of these expectations. We start taking away our ability to really see that person because we're too busy looking at this picture that we've painted of that person as we want them to be. And in the podcast of Lower Your Expectations, what I was trying to emphasize was that as you lower your expectations, it's not a bad thing because you're not lowering your standards. I made a very, I tried to make this kind of like stance where lowering your expectations is different than lowering your standards. I don't think you should lower your standards. I think you should have standards and you should have boundaries. I was focusing on expectations. And if you want a little more on that, go listen to that episode. Um... But as you lower your expectations that you're, you're thrusting on other people, your desires of how the world should be that you're projecting on other people, as you lower your outward expectations and you lower your outward expectations and you lower your outward expectations, as they get to a certain amount of lowness instead of being so like, I have a high expectation that you better chew with your mouth closed or else, as it gets lower and lower and lower and lower. And I don't really think it could ever get to zero, but as it gets lower and lower and more and more negligible, this strange thing happens where the expectation is no longer important because it's so low. And because the expectation of a certain waist size or a certain amount of money in the bank is not important anymore, you don't look at people through that lens. And now that you're not looking at people 
in this way where like oh they better have this much money in the bank or they better um put the toilet seat down for whatever reason um when you stop looking at people like they should be like this it gives you the freedom to see them for who they really are and it allows you to meet people and deal with people and have relationships with the actual person in front of you like i said before it's very hard to have zero expectations i don't personally think that's possible and so i don't think it's personally possible to have like this ultimate perfect relationship with no expectations i think it's kind of this this shoot for the stars thing but um it's a good thing to aim at where i think we can get closer to it by knowing that it exists and as you lower your expectations and you take off those glasses of expectation and you're able to see clearly for what really is in front of you because you're not looking through these skewed glasses of expectation you start being able to deal with the real person to meet the real person and see that person for who they really are and once you see somebody for who they really are you get this very special opportunity and that opportunity is to play a beautiful game with that person to not expect them to be some way but honor who they really are and i don't want this to just sound super positive because i have a really nice low positive tone voice that's great for radio and podcasts i know you've noticed this voice is excellent but um i'm not trying to use my excellent voice to make this seem like all butterflies and roses because sometimes when you lower your expectations and you see the real somebody else it's not nice it's not what you wanted to see and it might even be dangerous but you can play a beautiful game with anybody and by seeing somebody that's dangerous maybe the game you play is i need to leave and that's the game that works and that's beautiful because it doesn't cause damage and it causes harmony or if this person is not like maybe you go on a first date with somebody and the idea is that it's a romantic thing um but you come with no expectations and you have the date um and you're seeing that person for who they really are and you're like hey i don't think that this will work on a romantic level but because you're coming without expectations like one of the expectations of a first date sometimes is like either this works this needs to work romantically and if it doesn't, then that's bad. But if you get rid of like all your expectations and you're like, okay, so I don't see this working romantically because I'm, I'm getting to know who you really are. I'm catching a certain vibe or whatever. Where can I play a good game with you? Can I play a good game with you as a friend? Could I play a good game with you as um, a business partner? Maybe a life partner? like, Or maybe not at all. But it gives you kind of this way of seeing like, can i can i deal with this person in my life in a way i'm not trying to expect them to have to fit into this one cubby hole i'm looking for where i can play a good game with you i'm not trying to force everyone to talk about quantum physics if you're not a quantum physics person if that's not interesting to you i shouldn't chastise you and punish you for not knowing that or call you stupid or something i'm gonna be like well i mean what do you know like what do you want to talk about and maybe we can find something that we share. And the beautiful game is about looking for things that we have in common and looking for things that we can share so that we can have this game between us, this conversation between us, this relationship between us that works and that's real 
and that's at a level we can both play at. A lot of times, the beautiful game involves standards and boundaries, which are not expectations, like I explained in the Lower Your Expectations podcast. Because sometimes, like, when I'm playing Capoeira with the little kid, I can't throw a kick that would really hit the kid because the kid is not ready for that, not prepared for that, and I'm an adult. I shouldn't kick kids. But I can throw a kick that'll hit my friend, and he better he better duck or he's going to get hit. Because he's my age. We both know Capoeira. We've been practicing. We've kind of, like, have this relationship where we can play on that level. But I cannot play on that level with the kid. And that's okay. That doesn't mean I can't play a game with the kid. It just means I have to find the beautiful game between us. And I think there's a lot of challenge that comes up in in the form of expectations that stop us from even being able to see that a beautiful game is possible. And doing the work to flip the double standard, to up the expectations for yourself, helps you know who you are and helps you build your standards and your boundaries. But then lowering the expectations for other people where you don't expect them to be a certain way or you don't challenge them and force them to say, hey, you better live up to this ideal that I made up in my head that I may not have even told you, but I'm holding you up to. When you lower your expectations for other people, you allow yourself to see them more for who they really are and not who you think they should be. And when you have high expectations for yourself and you learn about who you are and you can see who the other person is because you're not looking at them through expectation, you can see them and you can see you, it makes it much more reasonable that you can find a common ground to play a beautiful game or at least have a good conversation. I would be very surprised if you could find a person that you had nothing in common with, that you couldn't hold at least a 30-minute conversation with. It may take a little bit of skill or effort or digging, but everybody has a place where you can meet them. They may not be willing to go to that place, so you may not be willing be able to have that game. Like there's that, that phrase, uh, meet me halfway, where... There may be a place and you can find it and you're willing to go, but they're not willing to go or vice versa. And that's that's a whole different thing. But there is a place. And lowering your expectations, I think, helps to flip your perspective, to stop thinking about things in terms of expectations and start looking at things for what they really are, which helps you a lot to finding that place that's okay. There's a lot of times I think we end up in these relationships that we call toxic or bad or whatever. And it's not necessarily like I can't have a relationship with this person. I think that my expectations are pushing me to have a certain type of relationship with this person that's not working or that's not beautiful. It's a conversation where I'm talking over them and they're not listening or we're shouting at each other. Can we find a place where we can both be comfortable and have a nice talk? And that may not be an intimate relationship. That may not be a business partnership. That may not be something that I can do every week. But can I find a place where when I run into you, we can we can share life and we can we can walk away not frustrated we can walk away not angry because sometimes there's people who i don't want to ever make plans with i don't want to see and 
don't know, maybe they're even annoying to me or something like that. But they exist and they're going to continue to exist. And if I happen to run into them at a Target or at a Joann's or if I take a train ride somewhere and they end up sitting next to me and I'm stuck on this train for the next two hours with this person, am I going to what? Am I going to just get into an argument with them or give them the cold shoulder and feel terrible the whole time? Is there a place where if I have to meet you there, I can meet you here and we can talk about this or we can we can level in this place and we can be OK with each other? I think when we look at each other for who we really are, it may not always be what we want, but we can find a place that we can meet each other and play a beautiful game. So, whoo, that one was good. This podcast isn't a video, but man, I was like moving my hands a lot. And that's like, when I start moving my hands, it's because I get into like explainer teacher mode and i'm like being like oh this and that and this and that and so you guys missed all that because it's not it wasn't recorded but whew, i was really into it if you check my intonation and stuff my energy is good right now yeah so um that's the conversation that's the uh that's the beautiful game and the beautiful game can be verbally it could be a couple way to game like throwing kicks and stuff it could be you playing halo over the internet with somebody the beautiful game is just an exchange between two parties. So, or more, two or more parties. Because the beautiful game in Capoeira is you plus your opponent plus the bateria, which is the musicians, plus the people clapping in the circle, plus the people singing and all that kind of stuff. So the beautiful game is just finding a way to harmonize all the different instruments that are playing. Finding a way to play a good song with all the instruments that you have. And not saying, well, you instrument, you can't play because I can't figure out a good way for you to come in. Or you better play this way or you can't come in. It's like, all right, no, we're having a jam session. Like, let's let's let people do stuff. And okay, and maybe if I slow down a little bit. Oh, dude, oh, that sounds really nice. Dude, do that again. Do that again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. The beautiful game is a jam session. Um, in my mind, I think. But um, this has been the Perspective Podcast episode on the beautiful game. It's been a little longer than normal, but I think this was a good one. Chapter three in this series was a banger. And if you agree with me and you think like, oh, man, I just got knowledge dropped on my skull plate right now. Think about it. Try to digest it. Try to practice it. See if this is a real thing in your life. If you listen to Double Standards and you listen to uh, Lower Your Expectations and now you're listening to The Beautiful Game and you made it all the way to the end, you know, congratulations. Go outside and see, like, do an experiment. See if this works. Try uh, becoming self-aware of some of your expectations and then try, try a situation without those expectations and see how different it is. See what happens. See what different opportunities come to your mind and if you're more frustrated or less frustrated. I'm not saying any of this is easy because it's not. Having expectations is super easy, but it's very frustrating. Lowering your expectations and stepping into reality is mad difficult. So this might take a lot of practice. Like I said before, this might take years. And I know you don't want this to take years, but it might take years. Um, so bear with yourself, be patient with yourself. If you think this is worth doing, have a conversation with somebody else. See if you understand it. Try to explain this to somebody else. Get someone else to listen to this podcast, share this podcast or the, the three podcasts and have them listen and talk through it and see if you guys can wrestle through it and get to this point. Cause even just having that conversation between those two people might help those two people find a more beautiful game that they can play. So um, 
these are tools for you guys to use in your real life not tools for you to collect like pokemon cards or baseball cards and like put in some binder under plastic and never use these are like tools that are supposed to be in your bag for you to, like whip out in real life and be like oh screw okay screwdriver screw 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 okay uh nail okay hammer 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 like these are supposed to be useful so i hope they come off of this podcast and into your ears and then they they show up in your language or your actions or you try them out and you see if they work for you but um this has been the perspective podcast episode on the beautiful game it's one of my favorite concepts in capoeira and i think it's this standard that i try to achieve in almost everything i do not just my expectations of other people but how can i live my life as a beautiful game but um i hope you got something out of this i hope that it is something that helps you step more into reality that's one of the major points of this podcast so i hope this is a tool that helps you see reality or encourages to see reality but um all that aside i hope um you take something away and that this becomes a good conversation for you somewhere down the road all right talk to you later